to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you do before. And he has put all things under his sight, under his sight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We can give God a mighty hand as we take our seats. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to see you all. It's good to see everybody. Welcome to a very 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 special women's service. The last time we had a women's service was 2 years ago. So definitely God is doing something in this place. Amen. So our man of God was so kind and he gave us a theme actually as the women all right which is coming from Philemon and because there's only one chapter in Philemon so you can say Philemon verse 6 or you can say Philemon verse 1 oh chapter 1 verse 6 <laughs> amen so our man of god gave us this particular theme scripture that Deaconess Pierce uh, read and I'd like the media beautiful to beam it for me there And I want us to read it together. Are we ready? Yes. Are you geared? Yes. Okay. So the Bible says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. We didn't read it together. Amen. So I'm going to count. All right? 1 up to 2. Then we read it. Amen. Amen. All right? 1 2. Let's go. that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus beautiful portion of scripture amen so i want us to for us to gain a deeper understanding i love how beautiful how beautifully deaconess pierce explained it and there are certain things that were popping out certain things that were jumping out amen so we're going to dissect it a bit that the sharing of your faith may become what effective how is this done by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus amen so That means there is an expectation from God. In fact, this writer was saying, I pray, all right? He started by saying, I pray because it is a desire that is coming from God. There is an expectation that your faith needs to be effective. Amen. Are you listening to me? How is one of the ways in which you can ensure that your faith is effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus? Are we understanding? I love to use illustrations and thank God you people are wearing nice pink clothes. So let me have one person. Amen. Good. So we have this beautiful sister here who has started her journey with the Lord. Amen. And she does everything well, okay? Has a beautiful prayer life, beautiful relationship with the word, is serving God effectively, is doing everything that every believer is expected to do. Hallelujah. Now in this journey that you have begun with the Lord, there are things, there are very good things, there are things that God has put within you that he expects you to acknowledge. May I have um faith? Come. Here is faith. She is packaged with blessings. Every blessing that you can think of. You want to prosper. God says he prays that you prosper and be in good health. He 
He is prosperity in health, in money, in everything. He is your ministry. Every person has a ministry. It doesn't require you to stand behind the pulpit for you to have a ministry. Do you know that even in, how can I put it, the things that people look down on, if you've been instructed to call people and remind them to come to church, do you know that that is your ministry? And you need to take it very seriously. In as much as it can look so simple that all you are doing is just sending text messages. Please be on the bus at this time. Come to church at this time. God is counting on you. Because had you not sent that message, that person would have said, ah, vanisula, svanentumila message. So now since I end up church. And there we've lost a person. Amen. Here's your beautiful ministry that God has put within you. Every good thing. There we go. There are other people who you naturally are influential. You post one picture, you don't even put a caption, 50 billion likes, you know? It's not for clout. It's not for you to sit there and enjoy. It's for you to advance the kingdom of God. You are naturally influential. When you were young, they put you as the monitress. It wasn't by accident, okay? You were nominated to be a prefect. Even when you went to university, you are a class rep. Influence just follows you. Amen? It, there is a reason. God doesn't do things by accident. Amen? There is a reason there. Hallelujah. Every good thing. Please, my piece of oh, you look stunning. Okay? Here is another good thing. I'll bless you with beautiful children, a beautiful marriage. Every, every good thing that you can think of. Hallelujah. So here is this person. I want you to stand here. Then the things behind you are every good thing that God wants you to acknowledge in order for your faith to become effective. Now, don't forget that there is an enemy. What he would do, I want someone wearing black, come. <laughs> he will come and bring you a lack of confidence. He will make you so insecure. And he'll tell you, you die. You are from Chinsali. No one ever prospers who's from Chinsali. Just a joke, by the way. Okay? Listen. You think you can never amount to anything. I know you are the first person to go to school in your family. But there is a reason why these other people never went to school. Nobody's supposed to amount to anything. So now, instead of you acknowledging what God has said about you, that you will prosper. All right? That he wants you to prosper. He wants you to finish your education. He wants you to do all those things. So now here's lack of confidence manifesting in, you know, bad CAs, manifesting in mean lecturers. And this is what you choose to acknowledge. Amen? Let me, please, my brother, come. There's another thing. Look how old you are. Eh? You were saying, by the time I'm 25, Lord, I want my man. Lord, I want my car. Lord, I want my this. Eh? Mm-hmm. Let's see. The time is ticking. Then, eh, the enemy will now come and start telling you, look at how old you are turning this year. Eh? Look, God has abandoned you. It's useless to even start praying. Then you start acknowledging your biological clock. That's what they call it. Eh? You start acknowledging the fact that you feel like time is ticking and time is moving. Another, please, you can come. Amen. Are we following so far? May I just drink some water? Hallelujah. You can clap if you're learning something. Okay, so, all right. So now, here's the enemy now telling you, okay, so, you know, so you think you are going to have good children. Let me put in, um, what you call hormonal imbalance, fibroid, cysts, this, that. You are praying, you are seeing things dripping out of you. And the attack is the same. The enemy will just package it differently, give it different names. Uh, Psychosystis, whatever, this and that. I'm not a medical person. They have different names, but the attack is still the same thing. Attacking your womb. Attacking the fact that God said you must be fruitful. Attacking the fact that God wants to see godly seed on the inside of you. And it's funny. You find a five-year-old you've been diagnosed with, I don't know. They're finding things in your womb. Five years. Imagine, that's the attack of the enemy. So you decide now to focus on these things like, oh my God, I will never have children. So that is it. Hey, that is it. I will never have children. Oh my goodness. Acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Please, you may be seated. So, the title of this message is Growing an Effective Faith. Amen? I'm teaching you how to grow an effective faith. And for this scripture to be given to us, God knew that 2,000 years later, I will still need to teach these people to learn how to acknowledge me, to learn how to acknowledge the right things and not the things that the enemy throws at them. Amen. We have seen this happen actually even from the days of Moses. Imagine these people were slaves. Do you know what it means to be a slave? <laughs> I, these people were slaves. That means people dictated when you should eat, what you should have, when you should go to the bathroom, when you should have children, when you should do this and you should do that. Then God sent them a deliverer. Amen. And along the way, they tell Moses to say, did you deliver us just for us to come and suffer here? I think we were better off where we were. They started acknowledging the temporal to my hurdles they were facing rather than actually acknowledging the fact that they were saved from something. Amen? And then snakes now started biting them. <laughs> snakes now started biting them. And according to Numbers uh, 21, I believe starting from verse 5 there, or verse 9, we see the Lord told Moses to form a bronze snake. Please just take me to that scripture, all right? So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, amen? And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, here you are. Have you ever been bitten even by a small insect? It will disturb you. It will disturb everything you're doing because your focus will be here. But then God provided a way out. Focus on the bronze snake. Look on the bronze snake and you will survive. If you don't, you will die. Amen? So it's an issue of what you are acknowledging. What are you currently acknowledging in your life? Amen? What are you currently focusing on? Trust me, the snake will come. It will come. The, the Bible says, in this world, you have many troubles, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Amen? The snakes will come. They will come and they will bite. But where are you looking? Where is your focus? Amen? We see another account where the Lord Jesus was saying that the kingdom of heaven is like the turned virgins, amen, who were preparing for the bridegroom to come. And then he said five of them were foolish, according to the Bible. Five of them were foolish and they did not carry oil, okay? They were not prepared for the journey ahead. When you start out your life with the Lord, every single one of you has a great destiny in God. And it is your responsibility to ensure that you are prepared and you are packaged. Otherwise, your oil will run out and you'll begin begging for oil and it will be too late for you. Amen? So, one of the things that you are required to do in this journey, in order for your faith to be made effective, make sure your oil never runs out. You don't have gaps in your relationship with God. You don't have moments where today you're high, tomorrow you're low, today you're on fire, tomorrow on ice, today... Mm -mm, mm -mm. Amen? Don't be like the ten foolish virgins. Amen? The five foolish virgins, rather. Are you with me? Okay, let me take you to a scripture. That we're all very familiar with, that we love very much. Amen? Please take me to Matthew 14, verse 22. Are we learning something? All right. So the Bible says, immediately... Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, okay? So these people had gone, but the boat was in the middle of the sea. He had sent his, they had gone and the sea is Excuse me, the sea is very wide, okay? So these people had already gone. They were in the middle of the sea, okay? Tossed by the waves of the, tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. 
All right. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. Next verse. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Now, as a child of God, you should expect miracles. Amen? Let me tell you something. Our natural mind cannot comprehend a miracle. You constantly want to find an explanation for the miracle that you've experienced. You call it a coincidence. You call it luck. You call it something. When it's simply just a miracle. People had never seen a man walk on water. Their brains could only, you know, could only say, ah, this must be a ghost because it is not possible for a man to walk on water. Amen? Next verse. So, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Amen? Next verse. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come on the water. Next verse. And so he, and, and he said, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Amen. The Lord was able to perform that same miracle on Peter. Amen. Peter was able to experience that same miracle that the Lord Jesus experienced by virtue of him acknowledging that, Lord, if it's you, if it's really you, let me also come and experience this same thing. Amen. He saw the Lord Jesus and he acknowledged him. The Lord Jesus said, it is I. Have you seen me? Amen. Then, but when he saw the wind, the wind was um, mysterious, okay, boisterous. This just means it was, it was like noisy, okay? The wind was all over the place. It was just raging everywhere, amen? He was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now, let me tell you something. The enemy is very noisy, Okay? He is very boisterous. He is very, he is all over the place. And he's only doing that so that he can distract your focus. Because the moment that Peter looked away from Jesus and began to see the wind, that is when fear and doubt crept in. Amen? The moment that he stopped acknowledging the Lord and began to acknowledge the noisy wind, that is when he began to sink. Amen? Next verse. Okay? And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? God responds to your faith. Amen. This is why we're calling this growing an effective faith. Hallelujah. How you can ensure your faith is constantly growing is when you acknowledge God. You acknowledge every good thing in you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Are you learning something? Ah, well, you can clap if you're learning something. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So now, like I mentioned, the, the devil is so noisy. And he can come to you and tell you that condition. Didn't you hear, at Mapola? Didn't you hear that this thing, nobody can ever be healed from this. That, those fibroids that I've planted there, they are for a reason. You begin to pray. Even if blood is spilling from your thighs, you begin to pray. And you speak that the Bible says that none of them shall miscarry. None of them shall be barren. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am fruitful. You don't start praying when you're in the marriage and then now when you're facing those challenges. Right now, the moment that you've received that diagnosis, begin to speak against it. You say, oh, they've told me I have cysts. They've told me that these things, it's only an operation that takes them away. Begin to speak that they are melting in the name of Jesus. I speak that they melt this instant right now. I speak that I am fruitful. The Bible has told me that I cannot be barren. The Bible has told me that I cannot miscarry. You begin to speak those things into your life. Amen. Are you paying attention? Are you listening to me? Hey? Quite all right. You're single. There's nobody. But it doesn't mean you cannot begin to train yourself to become the best wife you are. You say, Lord, 
even with this empty hand, Lord, I will be the best wife. I have learned how to keep my home, how to cook all those delicious meals. Lord, I know I'm going to make a man very happy very soon. You begin to speak all those things. You don't acknowledge the singleness. You acknowledge the fact that God said that when that man finds you, he has found a good thing. You begin to acknowledge that Muelesa, when they come at Mrs. Ntwenu, come here. Oh, Lord. When you step into my home, you think you are in a hotel. Hey, when you see my children, they're always clean. Not Mamina, Shani. <laughs> you know, when you step into my home, first of all, the type of wife that I will be. It's okay. Let me tell you that desire God planted in India. So if you want, post dear future husband, you have a very good wife. Amen. Amen. Ay, 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 ay. Hey, hey. You might be single. It's as dry as the Sahara. No man. No one in your inbox. It's okay. You already tell yourself. Let me tell you one other secret. Okay? Then this is especially for those who have been diagnosed with all that, that stuff that fights your fertility. Begin to plan how you will buy your maternity clothing. Amen? It can even be for those who you know you're about to get married. And you know, maybe you've heard a certain report here and there. Begin to buy them in advance. And you know that I will be a mother. I will get pregnant. It won't even be long. Okay? All those aunties who scan the stomach after three months, they are welcome to come and scan because I will be pregnant. Amen? Alright? So don't acknowledge the, the fact that, you know, this thing is not yet happening. Acknowledge the words that God has spoken over you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're about to get married and finances right now seem so hard, begin to acknowledge the fact that you'll be in a beautiful home. Oh, Lord, you and your fiancé, you speak concerning your home. You speak concerning your future. That this home that we are building, my goodness, what people call it, humble beginnings. Us, it will be somebody's arrival. Amen. I will have all my furniture. I will have everything that I need. Not that thing where they tell you, no, at least if you just have a mattress and if you just have a small fridge, then it's all. Refuse it. Amen. You will have everything that you need. Hallelujah. You will never know what it means to lack. You know, some women, they teach them that sometimes it will be so hard in your house. You're Muzambo Tobela Sote. Unga kazinge, uh, those pumpkin seeds. I don't know what you call them, but you fry those pumpkin seeds and you eat them with shima. In whose house? There will be chicken. There will be beef. There will be meat. My fridge will always be full. Eh, eh. There will be yogurt. There will be poloni. There will be bread. There will be all those nice things. Uh-uh. Why not? Eh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Please, you forgive me. You allow me to take off my shoes because they keep getting stuck. They keep getting stuck. <laughs> they are getting stuck in my dress. Please don't come for me. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now let's quickly move on with a few minutes that I have left. Amen. So don't forget that God responds to your faith. Amen. He responds to your faith. This is why when you read even scriptures like Hebrews 6, the Bible says that we should, we should imitate those. We should not let our faith be sluggish, but we should imitate those who through faith and patience obtain the promises. Amen. Now the reason why many people battle with this thing known as faith and patience is simply because they can't see it. Amen. You are, you are unable to see your faith. You are unable to see that, okay, here God is working something. Why? Because there are other elements that are screaming louder than that faith. Amen. Like I mentioned before. Thank you. 
Like I mentioned before, there's the whole biological clock situation. You know that right now the time is like 11 something. Earlier on it was 7 hours. You could see, you can see that the time is ticking. Amen? And so now that begins to intimidate some people. And it makes them switch their focus. Rather than them being focused on the spiritual activity that is happening. They are focused on the things that they can actually see. Kindly you can see the time. At some point you were 20, now you're 30. You can see the time. You can actually see it going. But what you are failing to acknowledge is every prayer and every seed that you have sown that is currently and actively working in the realm of the spirit. Amen? So, and we know that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We know that the things which we see were framed by the things which we cannot see. So that should give you confidence that, hey, I'm single. Yes, I'm 35. But it doesn't mean that I don't amount to anything. Do you know the time and energy I have invested in prayer? Do you know the things that I have spoken in the realm of the spirit? Amen? So, some things just require you to be a bit more patient. You take a step back and let God work. Amen? You sit back and be patient and allow God to mature that blessing. Amen? Because no one wants a half-baked blessing. Even when you are baking, I mean, bakers will agree. You don't want something that has dough that is not baked. You will not eat that thing. So don't be in a rush. People think if it's not quick, it's not good. That's not true. Okay? People want an instant reward, an instant reward sort of situation. You need to learn to be patient. You need to learn to trust in the timing of God. You need to learn to trust and and focus. Remember those prayers that you used to make. Some of you, you even lost hope. You used to spend the whole night praying for your marriage, praying for your businesses, praying for all those things. But now you can't even pray for more than two minutes. Go back. This is your call to go back. Please. There's nothing wrong with praying for your future marriage. I'm telling you here now, go back and start praying for it. Do you think the devil is happy seeing you praying for your marriage? He knows the godly children that are going to come out of you. He knows how his kingdom is going to be shaken by that union. Go back and start praying for your relationships. Amen. Okay. Let me quickly move on. Hey, these slippers are so comfy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Now, I'd like us to quickly move on. Uh, please take me to Daniel 3. Amen. Uh, I think we can start from verse 15. And we know this account. Amen. This is about the three Hebrew men who there was something so peculiar and so unique about these men. These men rather such that they were given authority over a particular province. You know, the king actually had a very strong liking to them because there was just something about these men. Amen. Now, of course, when God elevates you, the enemy is not going to be happy. So there were particular agents of the devil who wanted to see these people destroyed. And back in the day, killing was the order of the day. So these people wanted these guys to be annihilated. They wanted them to be killed. Amen. So the king had formed this golden statue. Amen. He formed this golden statue. And he said that when these particular instruments play... Every single person has to bow down and worship this thing. Amen. Now, these three men were men who were focused on God. These three men were men who had such a deep and anchored relationship with God. It's, there's no any other explanation. It's not that they wanted something from God. They wanted prosperity. They already had all those things. Imagine, they continued to pray. They continued to do these things even after God had elevated them to a certain place. So it came from a genuine love for God. Amen. So now. Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? That's the thing about the enemy. He's like this, but he will come. He will make noise. He will make sure that you, you will acknowledge his presence rather than acknowledging the presence of God. Amen? So now this was after they were reported. So 
Next verse. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In short, you have nothing to prove to the devil. Amen. You have nothing to prove to him. If he comes at you and says, Hey, if you're really a Christian, how come all your friends are prospering? You, are, you know you've been praying for three years. Let him shut up. Amen. Don't pay any attention to me. Just say, please, I have nothing to answer you in this matter. Please get out. Okay? Don't pay any attention to him. Amen. There is nothing you have to prove to him. Your focus must be your relationship with God. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, who is the what? The author and the perfecter of your faith. Hallelujah. Next verse. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Next verse. But if not, the condition of their heart was... Our relationship, let me pause here. Your relationship with God is not an event. It is a process. Amen? Your relationship with God is not tied down to the fact that, oh, the day that God gave me that job, that's when I knew that he loved me. Mm -mm. Even before that job came, he already loved you and he'll still love you even by the time you retire. Amen? So those are just the fruit that come out of having a relationship with God. Amen? So your relationship with God is a process. It starts from somewhere and you will go with it to eternity. Amen? It doesn't end the day that you leave this earth. Mm -mm. So these guys, when they were saying that, if not, that means they were, they were more than willing to die for the sake of their relationship with God. It wasn't a matter of whether you will save me from this sickness or not, whether you will save me from this unemployment, whether you will save me from this thing. It was a matter of a genuine love for God. Hallelujah. Now, when somebody speaks like that, where do you think their faith is? How effective do you think their faith is? When, some, when God sees somebody whose heart is so conditioned, whose heart is so in tune with God, who knows beyond a shadow of doubt that if I call on the Lord, I know he will save me. But even if he chooses not to, I will still not bow. Where is your level of faith when you talk like that? And how effective do you think it can be? Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you how effective the faith can be. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Next verse. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, he loved these boys. And so because they disobeyed him, he's like, what? Okay. He spoke and commanded that they hit the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. <laughs> okay, next verse. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbines, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Okay? Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace extremely hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here is the enemy. He set up this plan for you. In fact, he even says, because of how much faith you have in God, let me even make the attack seven times stronger. But what he doesn't know is that he's setting a trap for his own agents and not for you. Amen? Just there when you feel like, Lord, this attack, when, it, when will it end? It's like the more that I have faith, the more that I believe, it's like the stronger it gets. The enemy uses the same tricks. He did this with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's not, it's not news. It's not a new thing. He's constantly been doing this just there when he feels like he's about to lose. That's when he will crank up the attack. He will crank up the volume. But remember what the Bible says, that when the enemy comes to you like a flood, the, the Lord raises a stand Amen? So do not allow yourself to be shaken. Just when the enemy thinks he's turned up the attack seven times more. Okay? Just there, that's when you continue to call yourself a millionaire. Just there, that's where you continue to pray for your employment. You continue to pray for your businesses. Amen? Okay. So, therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace ex exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Next verse. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. The king, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to him, King, true to the king, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men. Remember, they were bound, okay? So not only did God save them, but he unbound them to make sure that they see that we are free. We are actually, have you ever walked in a fiery furnace? Hi. So look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Amen. You are not alone. So long as your focus remains on God, he will show you how effective your faith can be. There is nothing that he cannot save you from. These are not stories we are reading. This is not Cinderella for crying out. This is not this beauty in the beast. This is actual. These are actual actual facts. These are actually things that happened. Amen. This is how effective your faith can be. Hallelujah, somebody. And this was not the only time that God showed off in such a manner. Do you remember in Daniel 6? Now, hey, trust me, people will come at you for the sake of your faith, but do not be discouraged. Amen. In the book of Daniel 6, we read an account where Daniel was given authority over a particular region. And there were people who hated him for that. So they went to the king and they told him, you pass this law, okay? And they knew Daniel was very consistent in his relationship with God. So the law that they made the king sign was one that was only valid for 30 days. And they knew that within this 30-day period, Daniel will break this law because he is constantly consistent. He's consistent. You will never catch him in a moment where he has gaps in his relationship with God. So they made the king sign a petition that if we find any person who is praying and worshiping any other God than the gods that we serve and than you, the king, then that person will be thrown in the lion's den. And true to that word, Daniel heard it. Amen? And I think that's verse 5. Verse 5 tells us, please take me to, the, to verse 5. So, so, they said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. They knew exactly where to attack him. If you want to attack him, attack his God. This is why they made the king sign a petition that said, if you worship any other God, amen? So now we can jump to verse 10. Amen. Now, when Daniel knew that the writings was signed, he didn't go and wail and cry and get bitter and angry at the king. What did he do? He went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards, he didn't even hide the fact that he was praying. He says, ah, oh, you've given me these papers that my termination, um, that my employment has come to a termination. All right. You go home. And that's when you begin to call yourself those titles, those promotions. You begin to call yourself, oh yes, I'm the director of sales. I am the chief of this. I am the this of that. You do not allow the enemy to dictate what happens in your life. You do not allow the enemy to dictate how you should pray, when you should move, what you should do. Don't you think it was logic? Because Daniel actually had a very good relationship with the king. If you read the whole story, when the king had found out that he was duped into signing that thing, he cried and he couldn't sleep. The first thing that he did was go to check if Daniel was still alive. Daniel had the means to actually go and talk to the king and say, listen, you were duped into signing this thing. Just spare me. But he said, mm -mm, I know I have a connection with the king, but I have a stronger connection this side. He went home. He went home. And he went to go and pray. He went to focus, to focus and acknowledge God. Amen. He would have easily gone to the king because the king, the king loved, you read it at your own time. The king loved him so much. But he said, eh, 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 I have a deeper connection. So 
He went home in his upper room and in his, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down and his knees three times, and he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before the Lord, as was his custom since early days. He did not allow those circumstances to shift and to change his prayer life. Amen? And we know how that story ended. Hallelujah. We know how that story ended. Please give a clap offering to God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Okay. All right. Now let me quickly move on. I'm about to give us, um, in the few minutes that I have left, I'm about to give us some principles or some things that can help us really see how we can ensure that we live an effective um, life. Amen. To ensure that we have an effective faith actually. Hallelujah. But before I go there, I just want to quickly read through a certain passage of scripture. There are certain things that automatically draw God to you. Amen. These things, aside from making your faith very effective, they automatically draw God closer to you. When you read the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, in verse 8, we're told that blessed are the pure in heart for what they shall see God. When you see something, you acknowledge it. Amen? So one of the ways you can ensure that your faith is effective is purity. Now the thing about purity, when we talk about purity... This scripture I'm from quoting talks about the purity of heart, not against sexual purity because for believers, that is below par. God does not expect us to start dealing with sexual immorality. How will he distinguish between a believer and a non-believer? If he's telling this one who's a believer, stay away from sexual sin. He comes to also tell a non-believer, stay away from, no. For us believers, the standard is higher. Of course, the standard is higher because his spirit dwells within us. Our beautiful Pastor Wandi was preaching to us about being conscious of the fact that you walk in the Holy Spirit. Being conscious of the fact that you walk in the Spirit. Amen? So, for us, the standards are higher automatically. No wonder the Lord Jesus said, if you even look at another woman lustfully, you've already done it. God come and, can't come and sit down, whichever non-believer you think of here. And come and also sit you down and start judging you the same way. No. Your standard is way higher. For him, he's talking about purity of heart because he knows if your heart is pure, all these other things, it won't even be a question. Hallelujah. It won't even be a question. So when he talks about purity of heart, purity of mind, purity of soul, purity everywhere, it's the lowest form. Amen. And that is how you must begin to think if you want to conquer sexual sin. Okay? Do you think, <laughs> let me tell you, can I tell you something? What happened with Joseph? And I know we give that account. What happened with Joseph is that he didn't only just deny Potiphar's wife. He was protecting the destiny that God showed him all those years ago, the destiny that got him in trouble, the destiny that got him sold to the Egyptians. He knew that if I give in now, maybe Potiphar's wife would have made him the head of the servants. But maybe should have even moved on to another person and sent him to prison. And that's where his destiny would have died from. But he was protecting something. Because many years later, there was a famine everywhere. And one man had the solution Joseph. Now imagine if he had given into fornication. That means all those people would have died of that famine. So when you think about sexual sin, it is not about the fact that, oh, you will displease God and it's a sin. Think about the destinies that God has put in your hands that you are going to abort by engaging in that act. Now you have seen the picture of Joseph. Amen. It wasn't him just denying Potiphar's wife. It was the destinies. People would have died because everybody was going to Egypt. They were the only land who had stored food. Amen. Hmm. You've learned something. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. All right. Now let me quickly move on. Let me jump to... Now, the ways that I spoke about on how you can ensure that your faith is effective. Hallelujah. And the first scripture that I'm going to quote is James 4 verse 7. You can just beam it for me, please. All right. So, God, showed us, God shows us a very beautiful pattern here, okay? 
He says, therefore, number one, do what? Submit to God. Are you still here? Wave at me if you're still here. At the back. Are you still with me? Say glory. glory. All right. Therefore, submit to God, number one. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is a guarantee. This he will flee from you is a guaranteed act. Now, this here is a process. I was telling somebody the other time, I'm like, okay, if let's say you come to me saying you're battling with a particular sin, okay? Maybe it's last, whatever it might be. We counsel you, we pray for you, we cast out whatever it is that is causing that. But if there's still other doors that are open, gossip, they even know you. You're the person who knows everything that's going on in everybody's life. They know you as the person who, there is unforgiving, then there is who you are. All right? There are all these other doors that are still open. We can close this last food door. But so long as all these other doors are open, you're still giving license for the enemy to influence your life. The only way to totally ensure that you resist the devil is to, number one, submit to God. When you submit to God, you're switching your focus. You're switching your consciousness from the enemy to God. That's why he is mentioned first. Because once your focus is God, whatever the devil does, you are able to to resist. Amen? Whatever the devil throws at you, he throws at this girl in a miniscate, your focus is on God. You are able to resist her. Amen? This person that you always gossip with comes to you. Your focus is on God. You are able to resist them. And you know the beauty about being in a relationship with God? It's like you are unveiled. All the time I even crack jokes to say, Lord, some things are just between me and you. Because when I look at what he saved me from, it's like sometimes people seem to forget that God actually saved you from something. Amen? He saved you from something. It's like you going back to prison. You were in prison your whole life from the time that you were born. Amen? And he comes and he actually delivers you from that. And you freely want to go back to that. Mm -mm. Amen? So submitting to God will ensure that you have an effective faith. It will ensure that you resist the devil and eventually he will leave you alone. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? Praise the Lord. All right. So don't pay any attention at the enemy. And people seem to forget that this man is called an enemy for a reason. Okay? He's an, have you ever had an enemy, first of all? Have you ever had somebody, okay, that you... You know, this person and that person. I mean, before you were saved, obviously. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. When I was in high school, you know these cliques that you have in high school? I had a clique that we never got along with a certain clique. We were, en we were enemies. And I was at an all-girls school. I won't mention the name. Amen. We were enemies. And so my clique... Notice that the other clique, they had brought their phones to school and that wasn't allowed. We went to tell the headmistress, they confiscated their phones. Imagine, you just have evil plans towards other people. Imagine, then they found out that it was us who reported them. One of the girls went to go and get dirt, Madotia, and put it in our packed lunch. Imagine now, forget reporting someone for carrying a phone, putting dirt. This enemy is out here to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He's not for playing with. Amen? It's not high school enemies where, you know, you even eventually you get along. I mean, now we are grown, we are married, we've got children. Like, all oh, that is behind us. It's not like that. You will never reach a place with the enemy where you are now buddies. It will never be like that. Amen? So this one is not somebody to tolerate. Are you with me? Ha, okay. All right. Okay. Let me quickly move on. Amen. I want you to take me to Mark 4. You will bear with us as the women today. Amen. I hope you are enjoying this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's jump to verse 35. So. The Bible says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Amen. Now, when they had left the multitudes, they took him along in the boat as he was. Okay. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already feeling. Next verse. 
but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? This is a rhetorical question. It doesn't require an answer. They were like, don't you care about me? Don't you, don't you care that this thing is happening to us? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. We're very familiar with this scripture, right? Now, one thing that you don't realize is they were going somewhere. Amen. They were actually going somewhere. And it's only when you read where they were going, when you understand why they faced this attack. In verse 5, we see that when they reached, they met a man who was bound by demons. They met a man who was possessed. And when the Lord Jesus asked the name of the demon, it said, my name is Legion because we are many and we know Legion deals with thousands and thousands of spirits. So those thousands and thousands of spirits sensed that there is a Jesus coming this side. There is a force that is coming this side. Let us do whatever we can to stop him from coming because we will be casted out. We will be cast out of this place and we won't have anywhere to go. Imagine those thousands of demons not having anywhere to go. So they were ensuring that this journey must be disturbed. Are you with me? They wanted to ensure that wind, God did not send that wind. Remember, Jesus rebuked it and immediately there was a great calm. When you read the, the next verse, the next chapter, that's when it will show you. It will show you what was behind that wind. Amen? So, but Jesus' focus was his journey ahead. Amen? Some of you have been given visions of where God wants to take you. But then the enemy now comes and begins to shake things up. He begins to bring a wind and shakes things up. Don't lose focus of where you are going. Amen? Remember, there is a place that you are going where the enemy doesn't want you to go. Stay focused. Submit to God and resist the, en the enemy. One of the ways you resist him is by rebuking all these Tomasili attacks that he tries to do. Amen? Trust me, he will flee. Hallelujah. And I know he's not happy with me sharing these secrets with you right now. Because you people are getting delivered. You are seeing things for what they actually are. Hallelujah. Alright. The next thing that I'm going to mention, I'm just going to quickly read through some of these things. Is that you need to learn how to practice contentment. Hallelujah. You need to learn how to practice contentment. The Bible in 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 says that godliness with contentment is great gain. That means contentment is a godliness thing. It is very godly. All right? There's actually a topic that we teach in marriage counseling that talks about dealing with external influences. You'll find this sister, beautiful sister, have you in a good relationship, good guy loves the Lord, then your friend, your roommate is dating maybe let's say a banker, okay? And this banker, uh, he gets like maybe a 15 pin and he puts your roommate on a girlfriend allowance of let's say one five. And your friend just comes to share with you like, hey, Harvey, John really loves me. He just decided to put me on this salary of one five. And then now you, with your very good guy, who's barely surviving with a three pin but loves you so much, Okay, you decide to see thoughts that are not even there. Okay, and you lose out on a very good guy, genuine guy, simply because you allowed your friend to influence you. You need to learn how to be content, my fellow sisters. Can I talk to you a bit? Okay, can I talk to you, my sisters? You need to learn to see the value of the man that you have. I'm talking about godly relationships here. I'm not talking about relationships where you do funny things that God is not pleased with. I'm talking about pure godly relationships. Sometimes you see this girl complain, oh, he prays too much. Oh, he's too committed to church. I can promise you in the next five, ten years when he's leading your home, you will appreciate God that you have a man who puts God first. Amen? So right now, he might only be getting a three pin. He might only be getting a five pin. But be patient with him. See the value. See the potential that God has put within him. Give him a chance. I'm begging. Amen? Give him a chance. And all the brothers said... Give him a chance. He is pushing. He is trying. Amen. Let me give you my own personal example. When pastor and I began our relationship, he was fresh out of university. No house, no car, no nothing. No house, Monica. <laughs> 
no nothing. But I saw something. I'm like, oh, there is something here. There is a value here. Amen. I can see something here. There are certain things that haven't yet manifested, but I can perceive there's a very great future I will have with this man. Amen. It was not even about the vision that he had for the church, just him as a man, just him as my husband. I was able to see he didn't have a job yet or any of those things, but I knew there was a place that God was taking him. But don't you think I was being pursued by other people with Benzes? <laughs> Now, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> now, I read somewhere, if you leave a man with a vision, for a man with a television, you will watch the man with a vision on your television. Amen? <laughs> so, Please, what I'm teaching you is learn to acknowledge the value that God has placed in this person. You are able to tell, trust me, you are able to tell because fruit doesn't lie. You are able to tell that this person is actually trying. And it's only a matter of time when the manifestation will come and will enjoy the fruit of the blessing of God. Amen. So all I am saying is don't give up on a good guy. Fight for that relationship. Amen. Be with him. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like when someone gives you a gift, you know, maybe someone has given you a handbag or something and you know, you accept it and like, oh, this is nice. And then when you discover how much that bag was, it will become your favorite thing. It will, when you discover how much money was spent on that gift, it will become your favorite thing. So it's the same thing, please. My dear sisters, please be patient with these brothers. Amen. Sometimes when I'm praying for pastor and God is telling me, that maybe you think you've arrived. You think you've seen the best of this man. Wait, we're still going. You haven't even begun to scratch the surface yet. Hallelujah. And I speak the same blessing over you. Amen. I speak that the potential that God has put within you begins to materialize. I speak that you begin to walk in abundance. You begin to walk in an overflow in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me quickly move on. Amen. All right, the next thing I'll mention is be consistent. Remember, Daniel was very consistent in his relationship with God to a, point where, to a point where the enemy actually used that consistency against him. So learn to be consistent. Jesus was very consistent. When the enemy came to him to tempt him, he was consistent. He gave the enemy the same answer. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, learn to overcome every temptation. Please be in 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, verse 13 for me. All right. The Bible says, no temptation, no temptation has overcome has overtaken you except such is common to man that means there's nothing new under the sun all right the things that you think are only it's only you who's going through that thing trust me there are other people who have gone through that exact thing and they were able to overcome amen the many the many testimonies that we see about people who overcame lustful spirits about people who were given to the world all right who are here today they are pastors they are you know leaders they are all these things Amen? So there's nothing new that you are going through. Hallelujah. So no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Never forget the faithfulness of God. Always acknowledge the faithfulness of God. Amen? Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way... But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So with every temptation that you face, I want you to know that it's not above you. It's not beyond you. You have the capabilities within you to overcome it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. So even when we look at the accounts of Eve and Jesus, amen, the enemy used the same tricks. He came to want to instill insecurities, to come to lie to Eve and say, did God really say this? He came to Jesus also with the same tricks and said, if truly you are the son of God, you do this and you do that, amen? But Jesus was able to overcome. So don't be like Eve and give in to the lies of the devil, amen? All right. 
the next thing I'll mention is master the word of God, all right? Believe it because when you believe the word, it gives it platform to express itself, amen? When you believe the word of God, when you believe what the word of God says about you, it allows it platform to manifest. Hallelujah. All right. The next thing I'll mention is that you need to make sure that you master your emotions. Amen. You need to make sure that you contain your vessel. You are able to master your emotions. You do not let them rule over you. You rule over them. Amen. Please take me to Proverbs 16 verse 32. Proverbs 16. Okay. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. So now, back in the day, you know, conquering and doing all these things was how people would show that they are tough and that they are strong. When you conquer, conquer a city, you conquer a tribe, you conquer this, was how you show that you are tough. But God is telling you that if you want to show me that you are tough, are you able to rule over your spirit? Are you able to control your emotions? Are you able to control when you are angry? To control when you are tempted? to control when anything happens to you. Amen. All right. Let me quickly move on as I wind up. The next thing that I'll mention is partnership with the Holy Spirit. I love everything that Pastor Wandy mentioned. And to add to that, imagine you're in a relationship where you're never acknowledged. Never. Amen. You are never acknowledged, but you are, you are identifying that you are in a relationship with this particular person. This person doesn't call you, they don't text you, they don't go out on dates with you, they don't give you gifts, they never tell you they love you, they never acknowledge that this is my woman. Imagine, have you ever dated somebody who's embarrassed by you? Ah, you've never been through life, you people. Come and ask us. <laughs> have you ever been in a relationship where somebody is embarrassed? They can never post you, they can never admit to anyone but that you're dating. They only want you guys to go out 18 hours, 19, that's when you'll see them. When you ask a friend that, ah, do you know, um, do you know that this person and I are talking? Eh, I didn't know. Have you ever, ah, you people have not, ah, <laughs> come and talk to us nicely. We'll tell you. Heartbreak. Ah, <laughs> oh. All right. So basically what I'm just trying to explain is that this is the closest example that I can give. Even with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You move in a place. When you're in a relationship, you don't have to remind yourself that I'm in a relationship. You just know. Okay? The same thing when you're married. You just know that I'm married. Nobody has to come and remind you that you are married. It's the same thing when you move in a consciousness of constantly walking with God. Nobody has to come and remind you that. Do you know that you walk with God? The way that you just live shows that you walk with God. When you're in a relationship, the way that you just live, you don't make friendships with the opposite sex. Anyhow, you know, anyhow, there are certain things that are just reserved for this person that I'm in a relationship with. There's a certain level of closeness. A certain where I can open up only to the person I'm in a relationship with. But some of you are oversharers. Everybody here knows what you've gone through. Everybody here knows what your family is going through. What, what, what. There are certain things that you just reserve for the person that you are with. You're creating such a strong bond, such a strong foundation of friendship. Amen. So it's the same thing with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. There are things... Ah, there are things that he'll begin to show you. There's a way that he'll begin to show you to live your life. There are certain things that I'm doing today that were shown to me in 2016 simply because of this journey with my relationship with God. Amen? Like I mentioned, it is not an event. It is a process. Hallelujah. All right. Next point. Okay? Watch your associations. Amen. The Bible in Proverbs 13 verse 20, I'll just read it quickly. He who walks with the wise with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. The day that you begin to walk with people who separate you from the presence of God is the day that you give up on, on your destiny. Amen. All right. Next point, do not allow the enemy to have shares in your life. Let me tell you something. There are certain names that are specifically reserved for the devil. He's called a deceiver. 
Amen? That means he will come to you, present something that is a lie, like a truth for you to adopt it. Amen? He is called the father of liars. That means before him, he's the one who invented liars. So that means before lying ever existed, everybody walked in truth until he came and he said something that was not true, creating lying. That's why he's called the father of liars. Amen. The other thing is he's an accuser. He will come and accuse you and say, you, you think you can be a millionaire. You, you think you can live right. You, you think you can walk in, a, in, in, you know, in your purpose. You think you can fulfill your destiny. He will come and accuse you. Accuse you of not being righteous. Accuse you of not being a son of God. Accuse you of not being able to fully feel, fulfill your destiny and live out your potential. Don't pay any attention to him. Amen. Amen. Don't allow him any shares whatsoever in your life. Don't, hey, don't mind him. Amen. All right. So now I would just like us to rise to our feet. Hallelujah. Because I want to pray for some people in this place. Amen. And I'm going to end with John 14 verse 30. Hallelujah. If the media could just beam John 14 verse 30 for me. So, this is the Lord Jesus talking and he's saying, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. And he has nothing in me. Give it to me in the Amplified. Alright. So, I will not talk with you much more, for the prince evil genius, ruler of this world is coming and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him and he has no power over me. Hallelujah. I want to leave this scripture with you so that you know that you can live such an effective life such that the enemy has no claim over you. Imagine you don't have anything in common with the devil. You don't share sicknesses where you even adopt it as my asthma, my diabetes, my this. You have nothing in common with the devil where he has no claim over you. He can't come and start claiming to say because you gossip, because you fornicated, because you did this thing, I have rights and I can do this and I can influence your life like this. It is possible to live a life where, and he has no power over me. 